0: today on city Cash, chicago five cps high schools were ranked amongst the nation's top 100 this week with walter payton academy leading the way at number five on the list from the u.s news and world report while these recognitions can bring pride for students and faculty they also create a sense of competition across schools which isn't always a good thing cps's own rating system was criticized for stunting new enrollment and leading to school closures The Chicago Board of Education voted yesterday to end this controversial ranking system. But what exactly will replace it and will it help or hurt Chicago's most vulnerable students? It's Thursday, April 28th. I'm Jacoby Cochran and this is CityCast Chicago. CPS's school quality rating policy has been on pause during the pandemic and is now set to go away for good next year. WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp joined us from the Chicago Cultural Center downtown after yesterday's vote. Sarah what was the school quality rating policy aka the SQRP and how long has it been in place?
1: Or like we like to call it the SCORP. Um. Right the SCORP. (laughs) Yeah well um you know, what it was, was this way of grading schools using a whole bunch of metrics. And, you know, the, the way I think most people in the public kind of saw this was you'd see outside of a school, like to me, that would say, we're a one plus school or we're a two plus school. And, you know, one plus was the best grading. and And then three was the, the worst. We only had these summative ratings for about 10 years. You know, prior to that, there were, Schools were rated, but they were given things like probation, not probation. So they were um, words as opposed to just a, a number, and or you know something like that.
0: So, so what were these metrics taken into account? Is this like ranking based on your you know testing scores against other schools in Illinois? What, what's all being accounted for?
1: So there were a lot of different um, metrics that they were looking at, and it actually changed over time. Um, Test scores were the basis of a lot of the rating, and that was one of the reasons why people were not um, pleased with it, with test scores because you know, there's a lot of research that says that test scores are more reflective of sort of the community that students live in, the resources in that community, than it is on like what's actually happening in a classroom. There were other parts of the ratings, for example, attendance rate. Um, when it came to high schools, um, things like graduation rate. One other problem that a lot of people had with with these ratings is that it was all based sort of like on what the kids did, but it didn't say anything to what was provided to the kids.
0: So it doesn't account for like what neighborhood a school is in, their history of funding or resources, anything like that?
1: The SQRP did not take into account anything um, that had to do with resources being given to the school, it had everything you know to do with just like performance or in, engagement metrics, like like um, attendance. And you know, some of those things can be so totally out of the control of an actual school. So, it, and and the the ratings you have to remember were used to close schools as reasons why schools were closed, and so. A lot of schools are like, well, it's, it's not really fair because, yes, our rating was low, but look at what you gave us to work with.
0: Was this system in place when those 54 schools were closed and did it have a direct relationship to Emanuel's decision to close all of those schools?
1: You no, know, I, I can definitely remember being in these presentations about why the school's closing and seeing, you know, the, the very first bullet point being, this is a level three school. Mm. You know, the, the real reason why CPS had, really wanted to have a a rating system. We've moved, you know, over the last 20 years to much more of a school district of choice. So that was sort of the idea. Like, you know, we want you to know what schools are good so you know which schools to choose. And, you know, really this whole idea of like a competitive marketplace of schools where people are choosing schools based on their quality.
0: Such a, a, such, I mean, it's an you know, it's, it's re it's, it's the reality of the situation that uh, some schools are more resource or less resource, but this idea of like, here, parents, here are the schools that, you know, are failing in the city that, you know, just, just avoid those schools at all costs. It seems like that's putting those schools in a sort of ticking time bomb to closure or lower enrollment or just setting them up for failure.
1: Right. I mean, it was one of the, these things that sort of added it to, you know, the downward spiral of schools. So you know, may, you're given a low rating, kids don't come to your school, you're given less money, more kids don't come to your school, you're given a lower rating. you know, sort of like, and, and then you had all these schools that were like, just trying to climb up from like, you know, all these, these sort of arrows being slung at them. And, you know, that, that these are the reasons why, you know, community members, board of education members have, have said that we need to change this, this rating system
0: The rating system has been suspended since the start of the pandemic. And now the Chicago uh, board has voted to replace it. What do we know about what this new replacement could look like?
1: So right now they just voted on a framework for that new accountability process, uh, policy, and the details will be rolled out to next year at this time. But what they said is they, you know, they want a new accountability system to not have ratings and not be punitive. I think the the real question is going to be is, how do you do this? Like, what are you going to include? Because having some sort of a public accountability system in place is probably a good idea just in in general. I mean, I, I can remember college schools, you know, before there was as much accountability. And it was hard to get information on really how kids were doing. Um, you can't improve something if you don't know that it's, not working. Yeah. And you still have a choice system in place. You know, if you have a very complicated accountability system, it's not going to be as easy for parents to make decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you hear from parents, teachers, advocates who? You know, have either wanted a rating system to be brought down because it was controversial, or parents who say this is going to impact my ability to make choice. I liked knowing exactly, you know, how a school ranked based on these metrics. Have have you seen a split there, or are you seeing some more uniformity with parents and teachers as well?
1: The rating system is like we we did it, we tried it. It didn't really serve um, communities well. You know, mm-hmm. we've only we've lost students, we closed schools. A lot of communities feel very, you know, disheartened by those those decisions. I do think that the problem is that in the absence of a summative rating, right, it goes on reputation, and sometimes reputations can actually be worse than than the, than the truth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There was certainly a time that. You had schools that weren't improving, but when you talk to people in the community about the school, they're like, that's a bad school because my aunt and uncle went there and it was bad then. It's still bad, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like the reputation of schools kind of follow them. And one thing that having a clear rating system did do is that sometimes, you know, this is how like a principal would go out and they'd be like, hey, we're a two plus school. We've, we're, you know, we're getting better. You know, so I do think that we have to make sure that we have some good information out there so that when schools do improve, there's a way for for people to use that information to sort of say, like, look at the school.
0: I mean, with this most recent system, like you said, it almost created a cycle in which if you get a bad rate and you lose enrollment, enrollment is tied to funding, uh, and, and so you end up in this cycle. Have they talked about what the clear purpose of this new accountability system would be if it is not to inform parental choice? Like, how does it create accountability and, you know, motivate schools to either improve or, or to feel confident that they won't just be kind of thrown aside if they don't? I
1: think that... some of the things that they've talked about is that this is going to include some accountability to the district and even like to communities. I don't know how they're going to do it. So I think that's going to be sort of like the proof is in the pudding. But what if it included class sizes on on this? And so you could say, okay, look at at the school. The class sizes are really large at the school and the test scores are not that high. Is there a correlation? And then maybe parents can, instead of putting pressure on their kids to just do better on the test, they can put pressure on the school district to lower class sizes. Or, you know, I, you know maybe they're going to say, how many days a week do, do children get arts programming? And, and, and you know what? I, I think that these are the things that parents more want to know. You know, they want to know more about, like, what is the experience going to be for my child? And so I think some of these these things, you know, I I wonder what metrics they're going to be using. I think this is going to be the very sticky issue going forward, but it's going to be very interesting.
0: Well, we'll be continuing to watch this as they roll out whatever the system is to replace this one. Uh, Sarah Karp is an education reporter with WBEZ and a great friend of the show. I appreciate you stopping by once again.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. By just three votes, City Council approved Mayor Lori Lightfoot's $12.5 million plan to hand out free gas cards and CTA passes for eligible Chicagoans. The lottery is open now. I got a link for you in the show notes. Council members also voted unanimously yesterday to confirm Deborah Wittsburg as Chicago's new Inspector General after nearly eight months without a permanent top watchdog. Wittsburg was previously Deputy Inspector General for Public Safety. And some good news to get you through. This Saturday marks the official return of Pilsen's Dia de los Ninos Parade. The route will begin at 1130 a.m. on 18th Street at Blue Island and Loomis. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I was already getting no confidence. I was losing my confidence. All right, here we go.